0: This is the Relevant Life Church podcast, where we are about connecting with God, relating to people, and reaching our world. Tune in as our church goes through this week's teaching in God's Word. Well, good morning, good morning. Who's excited to be here today? Those of, all, those of you who are online, welcome um, to Relevant Life Church as well. I'm excited that you guys are here, but I have to ask before we get into this, uh, it's getting that time of year. Who's excited for Christmas? Okay, there's some of you that are not excited for Christmas. So then I have to ask, do we have any pre-Thanksgiving Christmas celebrators in the room today? There's very few of you, okay. That means like the tree is up, maybe you've listened to a Christmas song, God forbid, I know for some of you, but like, how dare Mariah Carey comes on before before Thanksgiving, but maybe someone doesn't like Mariah Carey, that's fine. Okay, she needs Jesus too. Anyway, do I have any post-Thanksgiving Christmas celebrators in the room? That's primary. How many people dislike pre-Thanksgiving celebrators? The truth comes out. Well, I put my tree up on October 25th, so come at me, okay? Um, Because we're celebrating Jesus' time of the year early, right? Amen. Okay, you guys are not vibing off that today. Anyway, I'm excited for the message today, but before we jump into that, I want to bring a couple things to your attention. If you are new with us online or in-house today, please fill out a connection card. You can do that physically in the seat back in front of you, or you can uh, do it by scanning the QR code. If you fill out the physical one, drop it in the green box on the way out. Um, If you do the digital one, you don't have to turn it in, so it's nice because it's digital. Uh, The second thing I want to bring to your attention is this week was Kids' Convention. (laughs) And uh, you can tell by the cheers over here, we were excited. We took 18 students to kids' convention, which was super awesome. And Pastor Sarah said, I believe six on Friday night, um, kind of did the salvation prayer and said yes to to living life with Jesus. So that's why did everyone cheer for 18, but not Jesus? Okay. You're not cheering for Christmas. We got a bunch of Scrooges. No just kidding. Okay. Anyway, uh, the third thing I want to bring your attention, which was in the announcement, but I want to make sure you understand what it is, is that we're doing a family dinner coming up next Sunday, Sunday November 19th, um, from 5 to 7 p.m. And basically, what that is, is that's like a large-scale Thanksgiving dinner. And so, if you're not signed up, sign up. The due date is by this Wednesday. Bring somebody with you. This is a great opportunity. We're not going to be preaching a message. We're just watching football, doing a dessert auction, eating good food, and having fun. So bring someone with you. Bring your family. Um, you even if they don't like stepping into church, tell them there's good food that Frankie Karen, I believe, are cooking, right? And of course that, that means it's it's good. It's almost as good as Chick-fil-A, right, Jesse? All right it's almost as good as god's chicken okay and la- dude you're a tough crowd okay last but not least though i want to bring your attention to this offering we've been raising since the beginning of october it's an above and beyond offering that we're raising money for oregon kai alpha ministries and then some ministry improvements at rlc and before i give you the update on the pledge total i want you guys to check out this video from christian anderson who's kind of the oregon kai alpha director hello relevant life church this is Christian Anderson, your Kyle Alpha missionary to Oregon State University. Thank you so much for your participation in the Accelerate the Now campaign. We're so blessed by your giving and your commitment to reach the next generation of college students in Oregon. I'm standing right here in front of the Haven, and this is our campus ministry center here at Oregon State University. And literally across the street, we have thousands of students moving in today on move-in day. At oregon state university and we're so excited to welcome these students to go out and meet these students and then welcome them into christian community here so we're so thankful thank you that you're gonna that you're helping us realize this dream to see ministry centers like this established on every university every college in the state of oregon that's our dream that's our hope of this campaign so thank you guys so much we're so blessed thank you hello Cool, cool. So, thank you for Christian for sending that video, which is super awesome. And thanks for being a church that loves to meet needs. I want to echo that sentiment because that's really cool. The only thing wrong with that video, though, is he was wearing a lot of beaver gear. And I don't, I don't know if I support beavers. Anyway, I'm just kidding. They need Jesus too, probably more than the ducks. But uh, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm not even that big of a duck fan, but I just have to, to, to be mean. So, who's alive this morning? Okay, so this will hopefully make you more alive, but this is where we're at for our pledges and amount so far. So this is super cool. So we're at 20,000 progress, and we've pledged 44,000. I don't know about you, but I'd like to see us get above 45, so, so about $800 more to go. If we can get to 45, that would be absolutely awesome, 10,000 more than we pledge. If, if you want to do more, then do that, but uh, um, we're, we're believing God's going to give us that. So anyway, I'm excited for what we're doing um, as a church right now in this direct message series. And uh, we're going to be stepping into week two of what we called last week direct messaging, um, this series we kicked off last Sunday about prayer. And if you're familiar with social media or modern verbiage, then you probably know direct messaging as just this idea of DM. How many people have heard of just DM, right? It's more in to say I DM somebody than I direct message somebody, if you didn't know that I'm catching you up to speed. Um, but basically at the heart of it, direct messaging, DMing somebody, just basically means you're starting a private conversation with someone over a social media network. So if you didn't know that, now you know. You can be cool and, and tell, tell someone that you learned this, but um, if you know somebody and you're like, hey, you're reaching out to ask a question, you would say, I DM'd this person. If um, For the young people in the room, if, if, if you've heard this before, uh, but if you're single and ready to mingle and you find someone that's cute online, you're like, I'm going to message them, you would message them and to then tell your friends that I slid into their DMs, okay? Because you don't crash into someone's DMs. You got to be smooth, right? You got to make that first good impression. So that's another way of saying that. But for the purpose of this series, some of you guys are like, this is just brand new. Did no one know this? If you did not know that, raise your hand. Okay, see, I'm, I'm, I'm educating you. I did have to check with a high schooler this week if I slid into someone's DMs. is still a thing, though, because that was in when I was in high school, and I didn't know if it lasted the whole decade um, this past, but it has, so that's good. Anyway, whatever your, your understanding of direct messaging is, for the purpose of this series, we so believe that it adequately describes this thing called prayer. Say prayer. Prayer means having a conversation with God. That's all it is. It's it's you speaking to him and him speaking back. And for quite some time now, Pastor Kevin's had on his heart um, this desire to remind and teach us about this idea of prayer. What it does, why we do it, how to do it, and and, and what what it has the power to do. And, And that's because prayer matters and it makes a difference. And I love this comment last week that says, prayer touches heaven and it changes earth. I don't know about you, but sometimes I need, I need to touch heaven and change earth in a situation. Amen. That's what we just were doing in prayer. Prayer gives us access to the ear of the God that created the universe. And so this is important. It's sad because I think a lot of us, and the whole point of the series, is a lot of us miss out on this idea of prayer. We We don't utilize it well enough. We don't understand it well enough. The enemies cause doubts in our hearts that hinder us from stepping into it, whatever it is, and so we don't use it. But we want you to understand that prayer is so powerful that it wouldn't be your last resort, but it would be your first response. That it wouldn't be your spare tire, but it would be the steering wheel that drives your life. That it wouldn't be your insurance protection plan on the back end of something bad happening you know what I'm talking about right something falls apart and you're like where's that insurance plan where's that house warranty whatever it is but it would be our preventative maintenance on the front end to go God like I'm going to trust you I'm going to seek you I'm going to have trust and relationship with you and the question that so beautifully encapsulates this series so so far is that is this if God were a contact in your cell phone how often would you be messaging him If God was a contact in your cell phone, how often would you be messaging him? And this is a little bit like, ouch, right? This is kind of when you inwardly reflect, you're like, that stings, right? But would it be daily? Would it be weekly? Would it be monthly, bi-yearly? How often would you be seeking the face of God? What would your messages consist of? If we could read them, what would they reveal about how you view God and what God can do? Like, really think about it. Like, it's one thing to just talk about prayer and pray, but what did your prayers contain? Are you asking in faith? Like, just think about this. Like, God tells us so clearly to pray, to come before him. So what are your prayers consisting of? How often do you use the direct messaging feature of your relationship with God? And so I can already tell by the quietness in this room, I think this is causing a little bit of tension, but this series is. And I felt tension last week. It's such a good series. And today I'm excited to continue on in the series. But to be completely honest, when Pastor Kevin told us that uh, that we were doing this series, I kind of felt apprehensive because I suck at prayer. Okay, like, I'm just being completely honest. It's not that I can't do it. More like I get too distracted to do it. Like, squirrel. Like, I'm like, okay, timer's set. Let's pray. And then within, like, 10 seconds, it's like, okay, I'm already off on something else. Like, I got to write that on my to-do list. Like, I get distracted. I lack discipline. I typically exhaust all other options of solving my problem before going to prayer. Anybody with me? Anyone want to build enough with me? But as we got closer to the series, and as PK preached last week, I felt excited and, and passionate in my heart because I realized the power of prayer. Like, Out of all things that Christians got, to have the opportunity to speak to God is one of the coolest by far. And so today, my desire is to continue encouraging. I hope you feel encouraged by the end of today, as well as challenge you in your prayer life. And I want to do that by talking about one prayer to prayer that we all struggle with. And you may just be like, all prayer I struggle with. But some of you might be like, well, actually, I'm pretty disciplined at praying. But I still think you struggle with this aspect. And the aspect I'm talking about doesn't require us talking. It requires us listening. Today, I want to talk about hearing God, hearing God. And the title of my message is, is it that God isn't speaking or dot, dot, dot? Is it that God is not speaking or dot, dot, dot? See, I believe as much as we need to be challenged to pray to God, we also need to be challenged to hear from God. And this is super important for us to grasp because there's a lot of Christians that know a lot about God. They speak to God. But how often do they hear from God? And that's important because that's like the most essential part. I love how, and this is just coming to me off the top of my head right now, but I love how in, in, in Acts we see and we find out that Paul, when he gets saved, he actually leaves for years to go hear from God before he started. Like this is a part of our relationship with God. Oftentimes it's like, all right, you're saved, like you're a Christian, and we just like throw you out into like the discipleship world. Like here you go. But it's like, no, like you need to spend time hearing from God. You need to hear what he has to say. Prayer is not just a genie service where we throw up a wish. It's not just a venting station where we just get to let all our emotion out. Although sometimes it's really good for that. Anyone agree? Prayer is two-way communication. It is us speaking and God speaking back. And today I want to talk about the receiving end of that communication. Before we dive in, I want to, in matter of fact, pray. But um, just join with me today. So God, I just come before you. God, and we thank you for this opportunity, God, we have to hear from your word. God, I pray that this, um, this, this message, God, would fall upon ears, God, that are, that are open to receive. God, we thank you for the power of prayer. God, we thank you that you want to speak to us. And I just pray, God, there's probably some people in here that are going to have a lot of doubts because of this message I'm speaking. I'm not going to lie. There's the times where I'm like, God, are you wanting to speak? God, like, are you hearing? God, but I come against the enemy that would love to convince us, God, that you don't want to have this type of direct messaging relationship with us. And I just pray that people would be emboldened and, and, and that you would speak today. In Jesus' name, everyone said. Amen. By raising hands this morning, how many wish that God communicating to you was as easy as receiving a text message? Anyone? Like, I feel like everyone should be raising their hand. Like, if, if I, if, If God texted us, like the best text responder ever, everyone in here would love it, right? And I'm not referring to those textures that like take forever to reply, right? Or those that open the message and don't reply or those that like are like, I'm not going to open it right now so that I do it later. But then you still like lose responsibility and don't open it. You know who you are. I'm talking about someone that would respond with clear and maybe even immediate communication, right? They would use all the emojis. They'd be detailed. How many people like hate emojis? We all know you thumbs uppers. That's just like no words, just thumbs up. Like you make me, I'm like, do they hate me? Like, that's how I feel. Like, no, like that's how God sometimes texts us. Like, right, I'm just calling people out. Anyway, wouldn't it be nice though to have that detailed, immediate communication from God where, where you can fire off a text and receive a reply back? Unfortunately, today is not geared towards telling you how to do that. I know I was getting some of your hopes up. The reality is that would be impossible for me too. I can't, I can't from honestly go like, this is how you make God communicate to you like that. See, the reality is prayer can just feel like you're texting that person that only ever responds with a few words, like this. Will you throw up that slide for me? All right, it's like, hey, hey God, thanks for giving me breath today. Yep, anything specific I should know about today, trust me. Any news on that big decision I've been talking about lately, just keep seeking me. Anyone out there, like, this is what prayer feels like. It's like, thanks, God, for the detail. What's even worse is sometimes prayer feels like this. Go to that next one. Hey, God, I've really been struggling with this situation. Do you have any advice for me? Crickets. You can see he read it, but there's no reply. And you're laughing because you know it's true. This is how prayer sometimes feels. But what I'm trying to point out today is that I think all of us can agree that hearing from God is difficult for us part of the time, if not a lot of the time. It doesn't matter who you are, what you have accomplished. It doesn't matter if you have a seminary degree or if you've behaved yourself and you're on Santa's nice list. Hearing God can be difficult, plain and simple. By raising hands, how many were like, I struggle to hear God and I would love to hear him better. Like I think everyone, like look around the room. You're sitting next to people that are on the same level ground with you. And today my desire is to offer some thoughts. I don't wanna necessarily claim I'm offering answers. Instead, I wanna to try to use today as thoughts for you to shift your perspective on when it comes to hearing God. That's the whole point of today. But before we get into that, I wanna start off by sharing three quick truths that may be not news to new, not new news to you, but they're really valuable. And I think all of us need to understand them. So the first one this morning is that if your struggle with prayer is that you cannot hear God, that's not necessarily a bad thing. What do I mean? If struggling to hear God is your problem, it's not necessarily a bad problem to have. Why? Because in you saying that this is your problem, it implies that you have an expectation that the God of the universe is going to speak to you. That's not a bad expectation to have, right? So I want you to shift your perspective because I believe the enemy would love to cause discouragement in your life that you're not hearing God. When in reality, you should be encouraged by the fact that you expect God to speak to you. That's an awesome expectation. So we're shifting perspective already. The second truth I have today, which is not necessarily a fun one to hear, is that there is no formula I can give you that will 100% guarantee you will hear from God. I know that one is not fun to hear, but metaphorically, I can't update your cell service by putting a cell tower next to you. that will make you better hear from God. As much as I wish that message could be the two keys to guarantee you will always hear from God, I can't, I can't deliver that. I, I could try to pull something together, but it would be a lie. There's no magic formula, do two jumping jacks, eat three Cheerios, drink 63 degree water. Like, it does not work like that. The goal of today's message isn't trying to accomplish that, though. Today's message is, is, is a reminder of the last truth I want you to understand, and that's this. God wants to speak to you. And I want that truth to settle in because it's simple. You may have heard it, but you need to be reminded God wants to speak to you. God does not work in in lies or or discouragement. I don't think he will allow discouragement, but he wants to speak to you. If, If you're feeling discouraged, I believe it's the enemy in your life. I think the enemy would love to convince us that God doesn't want to talk to us or that we haven't earned or we have lost the privilege to hear from God, that you haven't worked hard enough, that you aren't good enough. But God wants to communicate with you. This week, I was listening to an individual talk about hearing God, and they said that the result of a relationship with God is that you should expect and anticipate to hear his voice. I love that. That your automatic default position and privilege of every person who's accepted Jesus in their heart is to hear God's voice. Like, that's just part of it. Just like you get forgiveness of sins, you get the right to hear God's voice. And I want that to sink in today. Because I think on a series of prayer, we need to understand this, that hearing God is for everyone. But here's the problem. Even if you want to believe that or you do believe that, the difficult question many of us still have, which is what you're still asking, is if that is true, why do I still struggle hearing God? And again, I'm not going to claim to have a perfect answer for you today. But I do want to offer some thoughts on this struggle from a story found in, in 1 Samuel. This story is no way a formula that you can re- replicate or, or try to copy so that you will hear from God. It's not that sort of story. Rather, it has some interesting things for us to consider when it comes to our lack of hearing God's voice. And so if you have your Bibles, would you, would you turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 3? And as you do that, I want to give a little bit of context this morning. So this story is about a young man named Samuel. Say, Samuel. And at the time of this account, Samuel's speculated to be around 12 years old. And there's two things that you need to know um, before we get into the story. The first thing is that after this story, Samuel ends up becoming a super powerful, mighty man of God. And, and he ends up becoming a, a mouthpiece and leader in the nation of Israel. And if, it, if you ask me, I think it's because of the, the, the profound moment that happens in his life in the story we're about to read. What he learns in this story dictates and shapes the rest of his life, okay? So that's the first thing you need to know. The second thing you need to know is what leads up to the story. So if you jump to 1 Samuel chapter 1, just a few chapters before, you come across an account of a woman named Hannah. Say, Hannah. Hannah was married to a, name, or a man named Elkanah who had two wives, Hannah and Penina. I don't know why they all end with na. I don't know. Don't ask me. But it uh, seems a little fishy. But uh, Penina was um, able to have children, Hannah was not. And the story goes that, that, that Penina would give Hannah basically a hard time over this. And it says that Hannah was overcome with emotion. She was defeated by this. Finally, Hannah goes before God and says, basically God, like, please give me a child. If you do, I will give him back to you. I will give this child over to you for, the whole, for his whole life. And long story short, God hears Hannah's prayer and he gives her a son whom she names Samuel. And the awesome thing I found out about Samuel in studying is that his name actually sounds like the Hebrew word for heard by God, which is cool. I don't know if any of you knew that, but Samuel like, sounds like the Hebrew word heard by God, which is really awesome when it correlates to this idea of prayer. So anyway, after Samuel is born and weaned, she does take him to Eli the priest and, and basically hands Samuel over to be given to God for all of his life, to be used by God, to, 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 um, to um, be dedicated over to God for all of his life. So this is 1 Samuel chapter 1. 1 Samuel chapter 2, and this is all important to the story is why I'm giving you this detail. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, we find out that Eli the priest, his sons, are wicked individuals. They they are supposed to be following the decrees and the regulations God has for priests at that time, but they are veering way off course, like horrible things. And a man of God comes to Eli and basically says, you're going to be punished, like your sons will be punished because they are, are disobeying God. And this is what leads up to the story we're reading today. So 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, it says this, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of, the God, uh, ark of God was." Then the Lord called to Samuel and Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son Eli said, I did not call you, go back and lie down. And I love this verse. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me? Then Eli re- realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling at, as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something Israel that may, will make the ears of everyone who hears it um, about to tingle. At the time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family, right, because of this punishment that's coming from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God, and he failed to restrain them. And then verse 15, it says, Samuel, lay down until morning. He opened the doors of the house. When he woke up, he was afraid to tell Eli the vision, but Eli said, came and said to him, Samuel, my son, what, what did God say to you? And Samuel answered, um, Sorry, he said, "Do not hide." I'm skipping ahead because I'm trying to cut this verse short. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, "He is the Lord. Let him do what is good in His eyes." So for the sake of today, there's a lot of different angles and applications you probably could take on this verse or on these verses. But today, again, like I said, I wanted to look at this through the lens of three questions for all of us to consider when it comes to our lack of ability to hear God's voice. And uh, I'm again not claiming these are perfect answers. I my goal today again is to cause your brain to, to be able to process and ask, "Why am I not hearing?" God God in my life right now. So the first of those three questions is this Is it that God is not speaking to you or that you do not know his voice? Is it that God is not speaking to you in this season or that you do not know his voice or maybe don't know his voice as well as you thought? See, as human beings, we've been created with some pretty awesome abilities um, with with how we're wired and what we can do. I think there are a lot of examples I could use to highlight this. But one example that I thought of in prep for this message that I didn't take a bunch of time to deep dive or or, or find science behind, but most of us from, from experience can attest to it, is this ability I'm talking about that allows many of us to recognize someone by their voice. You know what I'm talking about? For example, this morning, if I were to pull a bunch of people together and have them all record the line, Hey, babe, with me included, and I played it for Allie, I guarantee Allie would have a high percentage of guessing which one is me. Why? Because she's my wife, and she's heard me say that line to her a million times. She knows who I am. If I were to walk in pre-service and say, Hey, Dad, many of you might look at me, but there's one person in this room that will know by my voice I am talking to him. Why? Because my Father raised me. He knows me. And likewise, during, for the, during prep for this message, I couldn't help but feel like I had to ask the question. See, because some of us are so convinced that we cannot hear God or that God is not speaking. But what if it's not that God is not speaking, but in matter of fact, he is speaking. You just don't hear him because you don't recognize his voice. And I want that to sink in. Because maybe you are so convinced he is not talking to you, but is he actually, or do you just not recognize him? Another way to speak is if God did speak to you, would you even know that it's him? And I say this because it's one thing to hear God's voice, it's another to know God's voice. How many of you have ever gotten a text from a number that you don't know, but they know you? You know what I'm talking about? We throw that next one up there for me? It's like, hey Trent, how are you doing? And you're like, dude, I'm sorry, I have no idea who this is. I hate to say it, but is this us when it comes to God speaking to us? Does God say something to you and you don't recognize that it's him? Are you feeling something in your heart, but because you've not gotten to know him, you don't know that it's him? Is his contact not saved in your phone because the relationship we have with him is not like that? Are we missing what he's saying because we don't know him as well as we thought? One of the first things that jumps out to me in this message is how Samuel hears someone call his name three times, and he has no idea it was God. It took him three times to figure it out. Why did he not know it was God? I think some of you are so convinced that if God spoke to you audibly, you would know it was him. But this verse proves that that is not always the case. Just think about it. Some of you are like, if God just said, like, well, actually, would you know? Because in this verse, he spoke audibly, and Samuel had zero idea. Why not? Verse 7 tells us, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. It gives us the answer. He didn't know it was God because he wasn't in relationship enough to know him. And I'm not trying to scare you like, oh my goodness, you're not saved. What I'm saying is like, you can be saved, but you can also not know the person that saved you all that well because you don't spend your life with him as well as you thought. See, this verse reveals to me it's possible to hear God, but not know it's him. And from here the question becomes, how do we change this? How do we get to know God's voice? And I have a couple quick thoughts. I'm veering all over the place today because I'm really trying to get you to think But in order to recognize God's voice, we have to take time to learn his voice, just like any other person. Priscilla Sire said this, the more you know him, the more clearly you will be able to hear him. The more you know him, the more clearly, clear is a key word there, you will be able to hear him. Just like any other person whose voice we know well, we have to take time to get to know God's voice. It's not rocket science, but it takes time and devotion See, I believe that when you accept Jesus, I've said it already, but when you accept Jesus, you have the right to hear God's voice. However, you have to learn, catch this, to discern if what you're hearing is God, yourself, somebody else, the enemy. There's a lot of other voices. So you have to learn to determine whose voice is speaking. So how do we learn to know God's voice? A couple, a couple different things. One that's pulled straight out of the story is through others. Through others. How do we learn to know God's voice? I love how in the story, Eli is the one who recognizes the voice of God for Samuel. And I think this is super, super good, so don't miss this. Verse eight says this, a third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up, and went to Eli and said, here I am, you call me. Then Eli realized the Lord was calling the boy. So he told him how to respond. The question is, how did Eli know it was God? And I doesn't say in the text, but if I had to take a guess, it's because Eli was a priest, he had spent time with God in God's presence, and he knew God's voice. So it took him a second to realize, but he knew it was God from his own experience. And likewise, I think you and I need to find people that know God's voice, that have been with God's voice, have been with God much longer than you and I. And we need to test what we are hearing by God's voice, or what we think, or by, by someone else's voice, or what we think we're hearing of God's voice by someone else. And this isn't saying that that person will perfectly know. I think this can be dangerous to a degree. So I'm not saying just depend on others. What I'm saying is use the wisdom and relationship of others, um, their relationship with God, to, to test how you're hearing and we do this in human human relationships all the time. I don't want to pass over that. See, for example, maybe you have a close friendship in your life, and this person's acting weird, and after asking this person over and over again, hey, what's up, what's your next option? Well, one viable option is that you go to that person's spouse or another friend of the person or someone that knows that person just as good, if not better than you, and go, hey, what's up with this person? And I think we have to do the same thing when it comes to what God's speaking. It's going, hey, I think God's saying this, like, does this sound right to you? Like, there's certain people in here that know the Bible well, that know God's voice well, that can be like, dude, you're way off base. Like, the enemy is playing with your head right now. Like, that is not something God would tell you to do. And, again, there's danger in that, too, because you have to find someone unbiased because someone might be, like, interpreting God's voice through their bias. So it's a whole thing. But, again, you have to learn to go, I'm going to go present this to somebody else. See, for a while now in my own life, I've been struggling with the difference between conviction and condemnation. So I'm learning to do this myself. Um, Whether that's the enemy, bad habits, I will go to other people sometimes and go, hey, like, this is what I'm sensing. Like, I'm feeling this. And I don't, I, like, I really do struggle with the difference between conviction and condemnation sometimes. I just don't. I'm so tenderhearted. I want to do what's right. I really struggle. And um, I, I'll seek people and go, hey, like, what do, you, what do you think about this? Close relationships. And my mom, a few weeks ago, was super helpful. She gave me just some, some thoughts on the difference between the torment of the enemy and, and the correction and, and life-giving um, advice of the Holy Spirit. And, and this was good. And the reason she was able to do that was why? Because she's lived with God a whole lot longer than Trenton has. She's learned God's voice way better than I have. And so we have to go, if I want to hear God in my life, it's worth asking other people as well. The second way is God's word, okay? And this one's going to be funny, and it's so, so easy, so simple, but you learn God's voice by reading his word. And this might blow your minds, but when we struggle to hear God, we have to ask ourselves, are we so busy trying to hear God's audible voice that we are ignoring his written voice? I'm just saying, I think so much like God's not giving me any advice, but it's like, when was the last time you looked at this? When was the last time you looked at the words God wrote? Why would he speak to you in another way if he has already spoken it in one way? One of my wife's pet peeves, and I asked her if I could do this, by the way, so none of you think I'm sleeping on the couch. But One of my wife's biggest pet peeves is when I go ask her a question um, about a detail to something that she already sent me a calendar invite for or she emailed or texted me about or told me in person forever ago. And I come up to her and I ask her a question. Spouses are looking at each other right now because they know this is a thing. And, and out of my laziness, rather than pulling out my phone and looking, I go ask Allie to tell me something she already communicated. Is this not what we do with God's word? The reality is you can be frustrated by not hearing God, but you can't be frustrated if you're not even looking at what he's already written. Why would he tell you something he's already put down? And I'm not saying there's not those special moments where he'll speak to your heart and affirm something he's already said. But it's like, if you don't know this, like, how are you supposed to know God's voice? One last way we can learn God's voice, and there's probably more, but this one's super key too, is in the small moments. We learn God's voice in the small moments, when our back is not against the wall. Last week, PK shared a quote by Corey Ten Boom, and I already referenced it, but she said, is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? And I think our answer to this question reveals how well we know God's voice. Do we only wait to hear God's voice and, and look for an answer when everything is bad? When there's a big moment at hand, when, when life is falling apart, when we have a massive decision to make, when we're at the end of our rope, when we need breakthrough, when self-service is bad, is that when we wait to hear God's voice? Because waiting to learn and know and hear God's voice in moments like that, um, with a million other things competing for our attention, will only lead to discouragement. And so it's like, I'm guilty of this. It's like, okay, I have a huge decision to make now. Like, I don't want to make this one on my own. Hey, God, can like we talk about this one? But like, on the meantime, like, I've just been living life, Right? We need to learn God's voice in the still and quiet moments of our lives, in our day-to-day lives. This is why we encourage a quiet time in the morning. It's why you wake up and say, Jesus, here is my day. God, here is my day. Holy Spirit, I need you to guide me today. You learn his voice in those moments. Which leads to the second question we need to consider. Is it that God is not speaking to you or that you aren't making space to listen to him? Is it that God is not speaking or you're not making space to listen to him? I think some of us are like this. I never hear God, but this is how we are living life. Give me a second to to show you the reality. That's why you can't hear God. Because you have, you've convoluted every sense. You've put blinders up. You're focused on a certain thing. You've put other voices in your ear. You can't hear God because you're not taking opportunity to say, Jesus, I'm going to set all this aside. I'm going to make space for you. I think some of us might be like, well, God got a hold of Paul and Acts when he was on the road to Damascus by, by dropping a light that blinded him. And so if God really needs to get a hold of me, then he can do that. But it's like, what, what kind of rationale is that? If you know God wants to speak to you, why would you live your life that way? Expecting him to go out of the way to do that. He already went out of the way so that you could have a relationship with him. Like, it's your choice to use it or not. And again, I'm not speaking, like, on the rarity. I think there are moments where God will grab your attention. That is so true. I'm talking about if you want to hear God on a regular basis, you have to consider, are you making room for him to speak? Rick Warren said, "How often we often miss hearing God's voice simply because we are not paying attention. And isn't that so true? I feel convicted in my own life over this. It's like, man, I'm not hearing God, but it's like when I look at my life, it's like I've skipped multiple quiet times. I've half-heartedly prioritized relationship with him. No wonder I'm not hearing him speak. No wonder I'm not getting fresh, like outpouring in my life. It's because I'm not making space. And when it comes to the story in 1 Samuel, there are actually two details in it that, in my opinion, highlight the the importance of making space. The first is the time of day the passage says that God chose to speak to Samuel. If you caught it, the text tells us this happens at night. And the question is, why would God talk to Samuel at night? And it's just a thought because it doesn't tell us for sure, but maybe it was because at night it was quiet enough and there was space enough for God to get Samuel's attention. Maybe he was slowed down enough that God was able to say, hey, Samuel, the second detail is where Samuel was at when God was speaking. 1 Samuel 3, 3 says that Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. And a few weeks ago I mentioned this, but the ark of God is understood by some as a representation of God's presence. So I have to ask, is it be, is, did Samuel hear God's voice because he was near to God's presence? Like he's sitting in a house where God's presence was dwelling. Is that why God was able to capture his attention? And if all these details, again, I could be reading too much in it, but if all these details speak to the reality of why he heard him, then we have to evaluate our life. Because I think when it comes to hearing God, we, we don't make enough space for him at times. We don't create daily space. We, 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 we only create space when we have no other option left. It's like we've exhausted all other options. Okay, now I'll go to God. We, 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 we aren't making intentional margin to slow down and just let our soul breathe and say, Jesus, like, do you have something to say to me? Instead, we want God to interrupt our lives. I ran across this short account of Mother Teresa a bit ago that so perfectly illustrates this point. It says this, years ago, next slide, yeah, Dan Rather had an interview with Mother Teresa, and I think he was like a CBS or some type of newscaster, you might know better than me. But he had an interview with Mother Teresa that had Dan shaking his head, and he asked her, when you pray, what do you say to God? She's like, I don't say anything, I I listen. Dan tried another question, okay, when God speaks to you, what does he say? He doesn't say anything, he listens. Then she added, if you you don't understand that, I cannot explain it to you. And I didn't ask Mother Teresa, because I don't know her, but uh, if I had to take a guess, what she was trying to point out is that prayer for her was creating space to just be with God. That's what prayer was. When she viewed the idea of prayer, it was not, here's my list of things, I'm shooting off a text, and I'm waiting for a reply. It was, I'm going to live every day in God's presence, and I'm going to listen, he's going to listen to me. We're just going to be in each other's company, and I'm making space for the King of Kings, the Lord of Lord of my life. And I think we need to evaluate if we do this enough for ourselves, especially in light of how many of you raised your hand and said, I struggle hearing God. Because I think sometimes we get frustrated, God, why aren't you communicating? But we have to also look, how are we positioning ourselves? So when it comes to us struggling to hear God, is it because God isn't speaking or that we don't know his voice? Is it because God isn't speaking or we aren't making space to listen? Or thirdly, is it that God isn't speaking or that you don't want to hear what he has to say? I'm going to let that one sink in because that one is not fun, right? Currently in culture, there's a bit of a trend right now where it's a cool thing to have unread, unread, unread notifications on your phone. Like the higher, go to that next slide. Like the higher your number is right here on the little badge icon, like, yeah, it's cool. And I don't know why. It stresses me out. But that's the thing. If you don't believe me, go ask somebody. But as I worked on this message, I sensed a parallel when it comes to hearing God. See, similar to this trend to leave messages unread, I wonder how many times we're leaving God unread in our life. How many times has he said something to you, but you have not paid attention? How many messages have we allowed to pile up from him? See, it's one thing to not hear God. It's another thing to hear him, but then just not pay attention because you don't like what he's told you to do or what he's said. And I think for some of us, some of the time, it's not that we aren't hearing. It's that we haven't listened to the last thing he's already communicated to us. We were complaining about not hearing, but the reality is we're just sitting there hoping to refresh until we get a new answer. What do I mean by this? Well, maybe God has said something to you, but you don't like it, so you're ignoring the message. Maybe he told you to do something difficult, but you don't have the courage, so you're leaving it unread. Maybe he told you to do something that pushed you out of your comfort zone, but you're just leaving it on hold right now because you don't have the courage to do it. This one's gonna hurt, but maybe he told you, but you're so impatient to try to solve the the situation that rather than waiting and trusting in him, you're trying to figure it out yourself. Maybe he's been saying something without words through his silence and you refuse to let that be the case. Have you ever thought that, that his message to you is silence? Rather than embracing the silence, what you're doing is you're instead filling your life with other voices that will actually talk to you rather than embracing the reality that God might be tr- giving you silence for a purpose in your life right now. Rather than embracing and diving in, pushing deeper, you're trying to fill that void. And I can't speak to your situation with 100% accuracy, but when you feel like you aren't hearing God, you have to consider, have I missed what he's already told me? Because the reality is like a lot of times we know, and I'm not saying for those super big situations, like yes, you need to pray, you need to fast, you need to dive in, but sometimes I think we overcomplicate, it and God's already told us, but we just didn't like that detail, so we're waiting and we're saying he's not speaking. And we can't skip over the parallel to this in the story, what God told Samuel was super difficult news to hear. He basically said like Eli's sons were gonna die and Eli's like priesthood, from what I remember, is, is like the, his priestly line's gonna go away because he's, he's failed. It wasn't fun news. But even though it wasn't necessarily fun to hear, Samuel had to wake up the next day and tell Eli because God said it, it wasn't his choice. And likewise for us, sometimes what God has to say will not but be what we want to hear. Sometimes God's answer to our prayers is not what we asked for. Sometimes what he calls us to do is the most difficult selfless thing we could do. Sometimes his silence is the answer he is giving in the season. Sometimes he is saying wait when we think the time is now. Sometimes he is saying trust when we just want it to be fixed. But as Jesus said in John 10, my sheep listen to my voice and they follow me. The reality is is that we have a good shepherd. And what he calls us to do is the best option. It doesn't matter. If you you want to live life trying to test that, go for it. You will come back to the reality and realize God's voice is the best voice to listen to. It may not be the easiest in the moment, but it's the best one. Our job when he speaks is not to ignore, but to follow. I love Priscilla Shire. This is so good. God does not speak to be heard. He speaks to be obeyed. And I think some of us just want to hear God. And then we want to decide if it's worth obeying or not. But I think those two are tied together. Hearing and obeying are the same thing. So we need to realize when it feels like we aren't hearing God, we have to ask, do I already know what I should be doing or has God already spoke? I just don't like what he said. And in closing today, I wanna take the opportunity to do three things. First of all, I wanna encourage everyone. I think some of you are discouraged. I myself right now have been praying about the same thing for months now, and I have not heard anything other than what I found in scripture, and when I've had encouragement from others to say. And I pray every day, if I, if, I, if, I, if I remember right, I pray every day, I've already prayed today over this thing. And I wanna encourage you that like over and over in the Bible, it says, keep asking, keep seeking. There's multiple examples of this. You don't stop praying because you're not hearing. The second thing I wanna do is I wanna challenge you. The title of my message is that God isn't speaking or really encapsulates what I intended to have happen today. I want you to evaluate whether that's a moment right now because you're not hearing God or you store this one in the bag for later because there will be a moment when you wanna hear God and you're not hearing him. And I also wanna challenge you, if you really wanna hear God's voice, I believe your heart and actions will follow. Some of us are like, man, I wanna hear God, but it's like you won't get up early and spend time with him oh man, I want to hear God, but like you won't, you won't set aside something and fast. And that's, that's like conviction for my own self. I hate fasting, I just do, it's not fun. But the reality is it, it has power and there's a purpose for it. God's not lazy towards you, so don't be lazy towards him. I love how Samuel's response in verse 10 is, speak Lord for your servant is listening. What would happen if we lived life walking around going, speak Lord your servant's listening. God, what, if you, what if God knew that the communication he's giving to you would be received well? And, would, and I'm not saying you have to be perfect, but it would be followed. What if he could trust and rely on you for that? And last today, I wanna just pray. I wanna pray over each one of you that you would have a better opportunity to hear God's voice, that God would, that that would open up in your heart and life. And first of all, before I do that, I have to ask if anyone is not saved today, because again, I believe salvation's a prerequisite to hear God in this sort of relationship. So with every head, head, head bowed and eye closed, I just wanna give opportunity, if that's you, if that's online, I'm not gonna make you raise your hand or anything, just in your own heart today. if you're If you want Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, and if even if you just wanna recommit today, say, God, I veered off, that's what we're gonna do. So God, we come before you today, God, and we give you our hearts, just in your own way. Say, Jesus, I give you my heart. Jesus, I recognize my sin. Jesus, I recognize where I've fallen short. Thank you for dying for me, God, that, that I could have relationship with you. God, so today we just come before you, we rededicate. God, we reopen that pathway. God, we don't just want you to be our savior. God, we want you to be our Lord. God, we want you to be our shepherd. God, and I just pray for each person in this room. God, you know if they want to hear your voice or not. God, you know their situations right now, God, that they probably need to hear you. God, we just ask that you would speak. God, whether that's audibly, God, whether that's a whisper, God, whether that's through your word, whether that's through someone coming up to them, whatever it is, God, whatever avenue you choose, whether it's a dream, God, I believe you can use all those things. God, I pray that you'd speak. And I just thank you for it. God, today I thank you for the feature in our relationship with you that we can direct message you, God, and you can speak back. God, and I think the enemy steps back in fear when he hears us declare messages like this because it so convolutes and destroys what he's trying to do in our life, which is separate us from you. And so I just pray, God, life, God, in faith, God, and we just thank you for it today. In Jesus' name, everyone said Amen, amen. I'm going to invite the prayer team up. Here's a great opportunity again to exercise this. If you need prayer today, I encourage you to come get prayed for as well as if you're new with us and have not filled out a connection card, please do that physically or QR code. If you do it physically, there's the green box in the back on the way out. And uh, we're so thankful that you guys have participated. Do not forget family dinner. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be in the auditorium here, not in the gym and stuff. If you were here last time and it was all cramped, And we'll be in here. And it'll be much better around tables. And we're going to have a good time. Amen. Amen. We'll see you in the weeks to come. Love you, church. Here at Relevant Life Church, it's our mission to see people connect with God, relate to one another, and reach our world. This single statement drives everything we do as a church. Our hope is that today you were encouraged in this. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.